this road leads? Then hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. Hey, this is Gabe Noah for Super America at 38th and Lake Street. Not only do we have competitive prices on gassing and snacks, but we just fixed our toilet. Come on in and give us a try. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah, baby. Where are you going to be this March 30th and 31st? I know where I'm going to be. Oh yeah. At the first annual Swinger Sex Fest. March 30th and March 31st at the Hyatt Regency, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Swingers, BDSM, kink, orgy, playrooms, contact. I still hate the word play with this, but whatever. Contests. Contests. (laughs) Like, how about see if you can stand to let someone fuck your wife with not reacting? How's that for a contest? Entertainment. Again, someone fucking your wife. Uh, Enter the promo code CONFESS for 25% off the tickets. Honestly, me and the Brown Bomber, Tevin Pittman, are going to be down there ourselves. And, uh, like, really, I think it's going to be really fun. And I hope that people show up who are just curious about it. Because, goddamn, no one's fucking Mrs. Noah, I'll tell you that. And I'm going to be there. But uh, I might take a run at somebody. What the hell? We got to get her permission first. Um, but yeah, come down. Please enter the promo code CONFESS for 25% off your tickets. And let's go down there and let's have a good time. Look at people have sex. Thank you. Um, additionally, that's not all. If you want to see me anywhere else um, earlier in the month, March 2nd and 3rd, we're going to be at one of my favorite comedy rooms in the planet Comedy Corner Underground in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm going to be headlining a weekend of shows. And this is what I'll say about that that place. When there are people there, when it is a full, it's this little basement room. It's like concrete, looks like shit. And when it's packed, it is the greatest fucking room in the world. And when it's empty, it is like doing a show in my grandparents' basement for my cousins. It just feels terrible. So please come out. Um... I'd love to see you guys. I've had a bunch of people who I've run into at shows from who are fans of this show or fans. I'm sorry I said that. But uh, who, whatever, who are listeners to this show. And it's uh, just awesome to meet the people in person. I really do like it. So um, I'm a fucking, you know, my life is empty, you know, except for my wife and children. <laughs> so, no, come out and say hi. It's uh, It's great to see you guys. And thank you so much for continuing to share the show. Tevin and I have been extremely uh, stretched thin because we're trying to, we have a new studio that we're um, getting ready that is going to have a whole bunch of stuff to add to the show. And we just, you know, we we feel like this show is 50% of what it can be. And um, we're just trying to sort of fight our way through this period so that we can put more into it and uh, get to the next level. And we just... We're so happy. So many new new listeners and all that. So thanks again. And uh, you're going to love this episode. It's f- fucking awesome. All right. Good night. 
Heidi, Heidi, ho, this is Long Dong Silver, Gabe Noah, chiming in one more time for Profession Confession. Thanks for tuning in. Now, this week's episode, we've got uh, Tevin thinks I'm taking our career down the tubes. Um, this week's episode, we've got a, and I'm not sure what we're going to title it, but either Undercover Cop, Hostage Negotiator, SWAT. He was a private eye. I mean, this guy really is just interesting. Like, it's like someone who just has a nose for horrible shit and got, knew how to put himself around it. But um, I just, uh, his name's Kyle. Really liked him as a dude. I mean, just uh, kind of rest- like one of those guys who restore your hope in what police are. Um, I can be a little anti-authority, as some authority figures out there may know. And... Um, it's nice to meet these guys who you go like, ah, he's just a, a good dude, and I think most probably are, and uh, you just don't hear enough from him. So great conversation. One of our most downloaded episodes, or it probably is, is the, I think it's like episode 16 or 15. It's a military one. And I really flash back to that episode a lot while we did this one just because we talked about a lot of stuff, meandered all over the place, and sometimes it feels like we're getting lost probably, but... But then he would just tell a story or we'd get to something that was just would drop our jaws. So there is no co-host on this episode. Isaac Witte was sleeping at home. Uh, Mike Lester, Robert Burrill, too tired. Nate Abshire, too depressed. Uh, various reasons. But um, anyway, uh, Tim Harmston out of town. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, um, it's just me and Tevin. So all the ladies who like the bom- the brown bomber, Tevin Pittman, uh, will be happy to know his voice is back on and uh, enjoy this episode. I I really think it's great, and please share it and uh, and enjoy. Bye. On this episode of Profession Confession, another fucking narc. Another narc is in a fat narc. <laughs> now we've got Kyle. Um, this is an episode we're super excited for because. Uh, this guy's done some crazy shit. We got referred from another good guest, so uh, we're really excited. And I found out he's uh, whatever my type of guy will say. Um, but yeah, he's. Uh, let's see. So you worked in law enforcement for eight years. I'll let you say it. What was your focus in those years? Um, I started off as a deputy sheriff, and then uh, you know worked my way up from there to be a field training officer, so training all new recruits. Um, taser instructor, yeah. Uh, apprehension team member, go after the n- naughty ones. Yeah. And uh, then uh, went to the FBI's negotiator school, so I was a negotiator on SWAT team. And uh, then I uh, made detective and went into narcotics. So you went in, you became sheriff. How how did you get the route to hostage negotiator? You had to go through a a board, you know, you had, like mo- like most positions. I mean, you had to interview for it. You had to be recommended. You had to go through the board, like uh, board interviews with multiple, you know, SWAT team members. So, um, so sure, you get so. the idea, and then you go to them and say, I want to do this, and then they vet you, or do they select you, kind of? They select you and vet you. It's, you know, it's both ways, okay. too. Like, do you want, would this be something you're interested in? Right. You know, because they get, you know... If you have a good mentor or someone that, you know, you look up to, a good sergeant or, you know, you know, 
they'll start steering you in the direction. You start looking at the direction they took their career path. Sure. And you want to go in that. You know, you kind of want to go in that path because you look at their success and you go, career success. Okay. You want to look at it and you yeah. go, this is what I want to do. And I always, you know, I was like, you know, you always seen the movies or whatever. And you'd be like, that'd be cool. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, right. But then, you know, you go to the school you get selected, you go to the school, and they flew in a bunch of FBI negotiators um, from, you know, the South Dakota branch or, you know, oh. from all over the country. Yeah, yeah. You know, but they, they, to teach the class. And there's a lot of technical jargon and all this stuff, and it's just basically... It's not listening, heavy psychology? Just like listening to what we... Listening to... It's just like what we're doing right now, having right. a conversation. But I'm having a conversation with you, and you'd be having a shotgun in your mouth uh-huh. or a hostage with you. Holding myself hostage. Exactly. That's usually the barricade. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I had a guy. I had a guy. I was walking through, and the, this was not a SWAT call out or anything. I was just walking through um, the sheriff's office on my way away from the squad garage and they're like we need a hostage negotiator on the phone in dispatch got on the phone they're like this is this guy's number he's you know from out here you know so i just kept calling his number kept calling his number kept calling his number you know guy's gonna blow his head off because his girlfriend dumped him kept calling his number finally you know like on the 57th call the guy answers the phone you know he's like you know, you tell elevated breathing. He's, yeah. You know, but you could tell he was in his car. And I'm like, you know, where are you? This is Kyle with the crisis negotiation team. You know, I don't really allude to the fact that I'm a police officer. Okay. You know. I'm yeah. Just basically, hey. It's all about calming the situation. Calming right? the situation. Yeah. That's that's Let it all breathe. it is. And right. just talk to the guy, figure out as much as I can. You know, and the guys, you know, I'm gonna blow my head off. I'm sitting in my car with my shotgun. My girlfriend dumped me. You know, right. wife dumped me, whatever it is. Yeah. Where are you? You know, yeah. I'm out in the sticks somewhere, you know. He ended up not even being in the county. And, uh, you Did know, you ever want to laugh? Did like, I? you know, when they say, like, ridiculous bitch-ass well, yeah. shit? Where well, you're like, <laughs> of course, because you're right. like, I've been in some more fucked up situations. Yeah. This what's, is this is this, yeah. This what's is the your problem. Out of a molehill that you yeah yeah yeah. yeah I was like oh, I've been dumped a thousand times. Yeah, you yeah, know, bitches reject me all the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's it. It's like all right, I don't have enough bullets. I then, need you know, it was one of the things they'd say like at, at uh, negotiators. You're thinking of a permanent solution to a temporary problem, right? Yeah. You know? Right, but it's a solution. Yeah, it is a solution. Right. Yeah, we ended up talking the guy down and getting him out of the car and laying him out. And, you know, police took him into custody and all that went smooth, you know. It was probably the most successful one by the book that you would do. You know? Okay. So it was, How? it was just lucky. And then you were, are, I guess, are we saying what town you were doing this in? Or should we leave that off? Yeah, I was in Stillwater at the time. Okay, Stillwater at the time? Yeah, and that guy ended up being like in Invergrove by the time he had decided where he was going to shoot himself. Okay. What? what um, a big decision to make. How many times? Yeah, what city? <laughs> right. <laughs> city is right for me to die in. <laughs> what, uh, where, how often is a hostage negotiator needed in this area? 
or whatever in a mid-sized city. It could be on a daily basis. Really? Yeah. Really? It'll never make the news. It'll never make. It'll never make the news. Like not. I don't think there's one SWAT call out that I went to and negotiated on. Maybe maybe one or two that maybe make a blip on the news. Really? What was your first one? I mean, did you know as much preparing as you do? Is it weird to go into your first one, or are you? Well, you someone go in with naturally... the team. You know what I mean. There's a team around you. There, you know, there's a person that's uh, taking notes next to you, or you could be the note taker. Yeah. You know, and everybody's kind of listening in and uh, throwing out ideas like, try this approach. You know. Okay. And, you know, use as kids use this uh, as a as a hook to, you know, bring this guy yeah. back to some kind of reality. Yeah. Because obviously he's stepped over and he's at that point where we're involved right and you actually have a tactical team outside too at this point you know what i mean so this is like a side idea but how about this i'm gonna do i'm gonna be like a remember john edwards that guy he talks to the other side no no you'd be like a clairvoyant where you'd say you're like Something that your dead mother is. I'm seeing someone wearing red. <laughs> they don't want you well, to kill yourself right now. Is this your mother? Do you have a dead? I don't. Know. That's. It's, it's funny you say that because sometimes we would have access to, you know, video of that, but it'd be never something that I would look at as the negotiator. Okay. To give them. You'd have info essentially on of, what their background is. No, yeah, background of what they're what, what, of them, uh-huh. where they are, what's in front of them. Oh what my they're god! Doing. So they have no idea. So, but I can't look at that because I don't want to give that away. Yes. Okay. You know. So your team is kind of watching, so that if there's something you need to say, like see, like. That yeah. dude is whatever has his hand on a gun right to it right now, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah. I, that's something that's not going to come to me. Okay. Until was that a personal decision or a tactical? no? That's a tactical. Okay. That would be a tactical decision of you know. Right. I think uh, you just don't want to give that stuff away. What is it about yourself that had anyone pegged or that you thought you could do this job? Like, is it something that you viewed as a strength of yours? Like. Um, would you say that you are a manipulative person? No, I'd say I'm, I'm just more compassionate, more empathetic. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm just like more like that. Do you think that's the most important? Uh, in that in that role? Yeah. I think in a lot of police work it is. Yeah. 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 The ability to empathize. Is that something you knew going into the job? Yeah, that I was empathetic. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. And, and you worry about it being a weakness. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. But I could turn it off when I had to. Okay. You know, you could just shut it off to a certain extent. Yeah. You could put it back and back yeah. and back and back. Yeah, especially based on the person and if oh, they yeah. rub you. I mean, that's... Absolutely. I, I just did a fuck you yelling match in SA Gas Station on Lake Street with Tevin on the phone today. <laughs> oh. uh, not with, with Tevin. It was with some dude who cut in front of me, and I was just like, bro. Like, what the f- Whatever. So I'm saying I can cut See, it off. At least, at, least, at least you say something. See, yes. I'm just like... Okie dokie. Uh, I normally do too. I, I'm not, com- uh, whatever, combative like that. Typically, I've had, that, I've had one, di- I've had one time, like that, where I was undercover, and uh, 
a guy at an essay. Yeah. Over off of Portland. Or you know, I can yeah, tell so he's you exactly. begging for trouble. Yeah, please. Yeah, I can tell you over off of Portland and you know, over in South Minneapolis. Guy cuts me off. Fuck you off. I can kill you. I'm like Right. <laughs> you know, it's like eleven thirty at night. I'm coming home from a shift. I'm like <laughs> Yeah. I leave, he gets right up on my bumper, da 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 passes me, flicking me off, flicking me off. Finally, I'm just like, <laughs> lights come on. I got the undercover. <laughs> oh, that's so satisfying. Pull, pull him over, you know, get out of the car. I, well, first of all, I saw his door pop open first, and he starts coming out, and I'm like, boom, door comes open. I get out, hand goes right to my gun. I meet him at the front of my car in his car. I'm a shield out. He has scissors in his hand and I'm like holy shit give me right what are you thinking right what what can you think what do you say how did that resolve I mean, <laughs> right okay and then and then out of the back seat it was I remember it was like a like a hoarder Subaru out back you know just packed full of junk and out of the back seat pops this black girl <laughs> And I'm like, whoa, that something's happening. Yeah, something's yeah. happening now. I was like, so I came up, put him back in his car, took his scissors. I was like, what are you going to stab me? Yeah. I mean, he's all sweaty and hot. And I'm just like, dude, where are the fucking drugs? Where's the in yeah. Where, yeah, where's the drugs, man? Yeah. And she's in the back seat on the phone. I'm like, give me your phone. I was like, who are you talking to? Take her phone, you know, hear some pimp. Really? Yelling okay. at her. You know what I mean? And I just chucked the phone, and, you know, give me the dope. Right. Reached inside his, you know, ashtray and pulled out a big old rock. Yeah? Of crack, you know. Of and crack, I'm, okay. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus, what the fuck do I do now? I'm totally out of my jurisdiction. Not working. Oh, oh not working. and you were a little forward with what you were doing, right? Oh, you totally. Didn't cut, like, yeah, yeah, I didn't cut. Uh, traffic. Yeah, I did. Right, you didn't call it in. I was very lucky that that did not go totally sideways. Yeah. Really. Oh, you know yeah. Because I mean? if you, he would have really attacked you and you shot him. Oh, yeah. It would have been investigated like no. a. Oh, it would have been like done. Like would have been done. Whatever. Yeah, and he was, you know, I gave him his ID and acted like I was running him, and it was right in front of the church, this church that I went to. And was, you know, I was like through the crack in the gutter and was like, this is your lucky day, you know what I mean? Holy shit, that there's a guy who got pulled over with a rock of crack who went at an officer with a scissor. And, and he got to walk. The wrist. Yeah. And he, he, the, the yeah, uh, prostitute, yeah. did she go with him? Yeah, he, keep with his the, prostitute. With he got to keep his prostitute. He lost his rock. <laughs> and uh, I got to go home. Wow. I got to go home and... Uh, Luckily, uh, you know, some drugs were off the street. Yeah. How about as a hostage negotiator, because I want to try to keep it in order because you have too many good uh, stories. But what um, – so you get called in for stuff all the time. What is the range? Like what is the most basic shit that you go, God, that's a waste of my fucking time. Why did he call me for this? And then what's like the – is there someone who's when more qualified a SWAT, when, Yeah, when there's a SWAT call out. Basically, the whole team gets mobilized. So the tactical team's coming out. The negotiators are coming out. It's the tactical team show, basically. And we're there to figure out, you know. Back it up or back whatever. Back it up. Talk to the talk to the hostage taker, the 
person that's barricaded in their house, lost their job, whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever the problem is of the day that caused this person to hit their crisis point. And usually it's, you know, one of three things. It's lost my job, lost my girlfriend, and give me one more thing. You know what I mean? And they hit like a trifecta. Okay. That, okay. That, that tipping point where they're just like, this is it. I'm, you know, I'm over it. Right. You know? Is there one that sticks out to you as a as a scary one or one where where you ever felt like, oh, man, this is whatever, pushing me as far as I can do this job? Or do you always feel in control? I basically always felt in control when I was doing it. It's a boring answer for the podcast. but uh, <laughs> I mean, the guy obviously the guy with the shotgun in his car where I don't know where he's at, and I can hear the police sirens coming. Oh, okay. Because, you know, they triangulated his uh, phone. And, you know, that that level of, I got to talk this guy down, otherwise he's going to push a suicide by cop, or he's going to blow his head off, and I'm going to be the one on the phone with him. Yeah. What S- sitting in dispatch, and basically totally out of my hands. Did you ever have a, a like, movie, like a Dirty Harry thing, where the guy holding the broad, and he goes, ah, you know, don't move or the bitch gets it kind of thing. Did you get anything close to that? No, not really that I can think of. Not really. I mean, I mean, I have had, um, you know, when I was on the street and I got in a pursuit and I had a hostage situation. It, it turned into a hostage situation, but it wasn't in that negotiator role. It was being a street cop. You know what I mean? Is, and, is, uh, is that the one that that uh, that you won the award or you were awarded yeah, the medal yeah, for? Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, yeah. Can you talk about that yeah. scenario? Okay. Yeah, I can tell you. It was a, like a, I was working day shift. Um, what city, if you don't mind? I was in Lake Elmo at the time. Okay. And uh, basically, I was going to coffee. It was like nine in the morning on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to meet my buddies, you know, meet the other guys for coffee. And a uh, call comes out, you know, if a guy tries to break into house and kill lady. Okay. Or you know assault. Right. I don't even. Really, yeah. You whatever know, it was. It all. It all doesn't. To this day, it still doesn't. I don't remember exactly. I just remember, my boots are untied. Okay. <laughs> I'm heading to coffee. It's like a Tuesday morning. It's hot, and I basically said, "Hey, you know, um, two guys were going to the house to handle the call. They'd already been there once that morning, uh, on a domestic, or not a domestic, but." on a complaint that there had been something happened earlier there, suspicious, and they took the call and, you know, cleared it, so it seemed like it was going to be an okay deal. Well, the guy ends up coming back, breaking in and trying to find out later that he tries to stab her. But when I got the call, it was just like, this is, you know, this guy lives in Wisconsin. He's going to head back to Wisconsin. And I was like, I'm just going to head down to 94. Guys are already at the house. Chances are this guy's going to head back to Wisconsin. Pretty descriptive call on his vehicle. Just like a hoopty. Right. You know, I get out there and, you know, this, you know, red car too. So it was, it was relatively descriptive. Or, and I got out on the highway and, I, you know, I call it out on the radio that oh, this is where I'll be. I'll be out on 94. 
And uh, I started approaching uh, the bridge over into Hudson. And I spot the car already hitting the bridge. And I'm calling out on the radio. Nobody's answering. Nobody's answering. I keep following. And I'm far enough back from the guy that, you know, speeds are normal and all that stuff. It's traffic. Um, I keep calling. Nothing's working on my radio. I pick up my cell phone, call into dispatch, tell them that I've identified the vehicle, or I call my sergeant, either in one of those two orders. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically they told me to... I talked to the sergeant, cleared it with dispatch. They're going to relay the information. I'll just stay on my cell phone. Um, because, so, because you were crossing into Wisconsin. I'm crossing into Wisconsin now. And they gave you clearance to sort of keep eyes. Keep, yep, keep okay. eyes on. Keep eyes on. And then had this guy stabbed that woman at that point? Or like why was this a urgent because he had, it, it sounds like he had already broken into her house and tried to attempt to Okay, her. attempted. Okay. Yeah. So that's all I understood. There was we're, we're looking at a felony level assault. Right. And breaking, entering, and you know, this kind of stuff. And eventually, I got up right close to him. You know, plate matched, call that out. And all of a sudden, his hand came out the window and just waved me on. Let's go. Waved you on like as in... Come follow me. Come follow me? Yeah. Okay. So we turned south into Hudson, like off one of the main roads. Like, I never go over to Wisconsin. Yeah. Did that uh, get your heart pumping? Like, I mean, were you, was it... Yeah, it was kind of like, oh, this A little scary? Like, this is... No, I was, mean, that's... It was just like, whoa, this ain't good. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously he knows I'm following him. But I'm expecting, you know, State Patrol, Wisconsin PD, back up to get there. And everything's going to yeah. be fine. We're going to get him here in a second. And we'll do a felony stop and call him out of the vehicle. And right. Everything back I've, up to you. Everything and, I've yeah. trained to do. And, and at this uh, point, are the radios back working? Are people responding to you now on the no, radio? No, or still yeah, on people are responding to me, but I can't get out to them. Oh, okay. And uh, so it was, it was pretty frustrating to hear, Yeah. you know, your partners. And in we couldn't, at that time, we were on a different radio style system than we are now. Where you couldn't, they couldn't patch in Wisconsin and Hudson PD and whatever county that is where Hudson is. And uh, the guy just heads south. And basically, I'm calling out road signs as we're going. Here we are, past the Menards, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, the guys, you know, speeds are normal. I'm, I'm giving out all the pertinent information. To CYA, just in case this turns into a full-blown pursuit, you know, you know, speeds. This is how it's not, you know, traffic's light. Nobody's in danger, you know. Yeah. And then the guy starts picking it up, and he starts going. And he's, and he's you know, his hand's coming out the window again. Keep following me. Okay. So we're going, we're going. We pass through Hudson. Still no backup, still no backup. We go, we go, and I continue to have conversations with um, dispatch and my sergeant at the time, you know, to continue to do what I'm doing, continue the follow of this guy. And basically, all of a sudden, you know, he, he signals his turn with his arm, you know, like he's on a bicycle. Like, yeah. I'm taking a right. 
So I knew when he was going to turn. We turn off onto a dirt road, and I was like, this isn't looking good now. Now it's starting to get real. Okay. I mean, does start- that elevate your heart rate? Yeah, that starts picking it up a little bit. You know, I didn't really notice it because you're still thinking, man, you know, you're still trying to do everything by the numbers or by the book. And you Yeah. Know, do you I'm, check gi- I'm giving him his is? distance. Sort of? like Yeah, I'm giving him his yourself. distance. Okay. Yeah, I'm just giving the cards distance, you know, not trying to push him. We, d- we didn't have like a pit maneuver type thing either. And I didn't know the level at which the assault occurred or anything like that. Yeah. Or, you know, I just know it's a break-in. Are you yeah. deciding in your head at that moment, like, is this a situation where I can shoot at a man? Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you start, it, it starts playing out in your head going, is this guy going to do a suicide by cop? Yeah. Because where is he taking me? Right. I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. If All of a sudden, I mean, I, I knew I was going eastbound at that time then. You know, once we turned off from going southbound, I knew we were going eastbound. So I'm calling it off. Luckily, some of them, you know, I had amazing dispatchers that knew exactly where I was, could relay that information to my partners, you know, and it, it, there's just a lot of gibberish going on on the radio at this point because I'm starting to get focused because mm-hmm. it's going to be, you know, whatever. He you signals, did lock in kind yeah, of. Yeah, I, like I, I locked in. Yeah. And then he takes a left into a long driveway, you know, all overhung with trees and stuff, and we're going at a pretty slow pace, but I'm giving him three, four, five car lengths because all of a sudden I start seeing outbuildings, farmhouse. I was say, what are you thinking at that And I'm point? just like, this guy's going to do a standoff with me. He's going to do a standoff. And or he's going to his brother's cousin's place yeah, or whatever, yeah, is this and they're an ambu- waiting. Is yeah. this an ambush? That's what I'd be Yeah, for, you yeah. got that idea too. And uh, basically I pulled up, gave him his distance, um, pulled out. You know, I was still talking on the phone, relaying the information. His door cracked. Guy's door just cracked. You know, and all of a sudden, he steps out. And and that's when I said, I'm getting out of the car. And I just... Threw the phone down. I think I chucked the phone. I don't, you know what I mean? (laughs) But I got out, put him at gunpoint. You know, he looks at me with like that feral animal trapped in the corner eyes. And leans back into the car, and we're a good 20, 30, maybe 20 yards. But that's say. close. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that's close. close. It's 20 guns. yards, and I'm yelling at him, Stop out, let me see your hands, let me see your hands. He steps out of the car with two butcher knives in each hand, about 8-inch butcher knives, and then two chemistry-style brown glass Beaker jug type thing. I didn't say beakers as a joke, but that's yeah. <laughs> I, but I, I don't even know what you call them, but you know, what I'm yeah, talking about? For like from chemistry yeah, class, you know what I mean, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, whoa! They, uh, and I was just like, get on the ground, you know, I'm yelling, giving commands, you know, get are on the you, ground. Are you in control or are you yelling in a way where it's like, get up? I mean, no, you I was, know what I mean? no. At that adrenaline? point, I was still. At that point, uh, you know, on the audio, I was still in control. Um, because, you know, I had I was mic'd. At that point, I was still, you could, you know, but obviously I'm oh, agitated God. at this point. Yeah. You know, first of all, because we've come, well, now we're in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? I'm yeah. in Wisconsin. I'm totally out of my jurisdiction. And I, I, maybe it was on the force for two, three, three years. Just started getting the hang of how to do the job. Yeah. And then yet barely. 
you know what I mean? And now you're There's in so something much. that's throw now, the book out. I yeah, mean, they, they didn't they didn't teach this right in any classes I ever went to. I think most people's understanding is you get to the border and they have to just stop right at the border. Yeah, the yeah, car, car can't even assume. cross over. No, yeah. now they have a. Uh, there's a reciprocity kind of deal where you can, if you're kind of in pursuit yeah, it of sucks somebody. for movies. Yes, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. totally. Cannibal Run can exist today. Yeah. Yeah. So he uh, he gets out. He looks directly back at me, and just gives me the crazy eyes. Like it's on. Yeah. I, you know, and I'm just like, get on the ground, get on the ground, and all of a sudden he makes a beeline for the farmhouse, and gives me his back. And I'm chasing him at this point now. I'm on foot chasing him. I was a little bit more light of foot then. <laughs> you look great. And I was running. And I'm chasing him. And I transition. I take out my taser. And I, <coughs> my goal was to hit this guy in the back. Just drop him right there. Taser. Uh, is that the one where it shoots the dart out that shocks him? Or yeah. is it the stun? The dart, okay. yeah. Okay. Yep. Is it stun gun the one where it's touched? Yeah, where okay. you have to be in an actual gotcha. physical contact. So yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to taser this guy. And Where's your backup at this point? Like, how long does it take them to... They're still, no. Were you cursing that in your head? Like, where the fuck are these people? No, no, I was so focused. Now. Okay. Like, this is what I was trained to do. This is... I'm going to take this guy into custody. I mean, you're trained to do that, but still, um, I mean, to me, I, I'm saying that's a trait you had, or you have, that yeah. whether you knew it or not. I mean, did you know that you were able to focus, hyper-focus in, no. when the chips are down? Okay. No. Right. And... You know, so just chasing the guy, all of a sudden, I go to tase him. Boom, he's inside the house, you know. Right, just right at the moment you're going to squeeze it. Yeah, like, I want to hit him, you know. And I was in good distance, maybe, you know, six, seven feet. Okay. Boom, he hit the door and he's inside. And before I could even think about it, I'm inside the house, too, with him. Boom. And, And I'm thinking in my head, hot pursuit, boom, I'm in the house. It slowed down the second I hit that doorway. Like, is there going to be a shotgun? Yes. Yeah. Right here, right now. And I'd already figured out the floor plan that there would be nothing on my right when I went through the door. And so I immediately turned to the left. I looked to the left. It opened up into like a kitchen, a living room, and a. Yeah. it was an old farmhouse. Yeah. But I look at him, and at this point, he has an old man wrapped around grabbed by the neck so he's got his two butcher knives and his two chemistry beakers sets. beakers <laughs> you know and if you take one more step toward me, I drop and, the beaker and, and at this point you know the tasers you know in auto motion type deal the taser's gone back into its holster and I still had I don't think I ever put my gun fully back in its holster even when I had the taser out so I'm yelling at him now at gunpoint, yeah, where okay. he's got this guy, and the guy's eyes are as big as saucers, and the other guys are just. Like, I, I can't explain. What's the feeling you got from the guy holding him? Like, I'm gonna kill him. I want to kill him, or scared? Scared. Scared. Okay. Scared. And the, and the scared guy... and cornered. Okay, which is scary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't know what he's gonna do. Then. Yeah. Like, like it was like a. I think of like a cornered feral animal. It's yeah. just absolutely. He's totally just you know. How about the guy who he was holding? His eyes were as big as saucers. His mouth was wide open. 
They don't scream. So it's just like a movie. They uh, actually stay quiet. Yeah, he was <laughs> like, just, so he can do just the in dialogue. shock. Yeah. He was in shock. He was totally in shock. And that went through my mind. I mean, this guy's in shock. And so we played, you know, it seemed like a minute of going grab ass around a kitchen table of me aiming at him. Drop the guy. he's trying to get out of your sight. Yeah, he's trying to, you know, I'm like, but he's cornered now. He, we're, we're in this kitchen get on the ground but then in my mind my periphery never started closing in yet okay and i don't know if it really ever did at that point because i always still remember going i got a doorway to my left i got the living room behind him who else is in this house yeah what do we got going you know it's just processing all that did you have any sense for what the relationship was not at the time okay not at the time at all and did is there anything in your head as I'm focusing a gun in that situation? He went to that house as a target. He went, is there any part of you thinking like maybe I shouldn't just focus on the guy holding the knife? Maybe this guy he's holding is a danger to me in some way as well. No, looking at him. His I, I, face. Uh, he, arms down. He, okay. he was totally. And, and I suppose like in that situation, not only are you trying to talk the guy with the knives out of killing this dude but you're also trying to talk to the Comfort guy the other guy that's scared like, yeah hey. you, 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 yeah in that situation I'm just, it, it happens so quick that you're just basically laser focused yeah on, I, I was laser focused on the guy's eyes okay and his hands but his hands were up at eye level yeah. so I could see all that stuff yeah so it was basically drop you know get on the ground get on the ground and in my mind, I'm thinking, don't drop what you have in your hands. Don't, you know, what is that? What's going on? Something inside of me was not right. Okay. And at this point, he's still not complying, just not complying. And then, like, listening back on the audio, you know, get on the ground, motherfucker, I'm going to blow your head off. Because we are literally me to you distance. And it was literally. Like three feet, four yeah. feet, well, yeah. Boom. And I had it was, right. clear, it was clear shot. You could have right. You could have easily. Are you saying him boom? Is and you sh- shot this dude? No, no, no clear shot. Okay. You know, it yeah. was a clear shot. Basically, he could have easily killed him and and made this over. But something was in you saying, "Don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do." You know, it wasn't saying you know, "Don't do it," but just What's give wrong? one 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 tenth more second. Give him one. <laughs> yes, but my finger's on the trigger. Okay. You know, and it's at that point where I have to make the decision because the knives were just there around this guy's neck so of taking that shot and all of a sudden he just went compliant put the jugs down put the knives down and went prone and went got on top of him cuffed him you know made sure the other guy was okay thank you you know Uh ends up being his father okay yeah you know but the guy was going to do a suicide by cop, you know. Yeah. That was his, that was his goal of, you know. Or, or he ran to his daddy for to, to protect him. I don't, you know. In who, a sense, right. I mean, could knows? have been either one. Were you, I mean, the shaking you must have been doing when he you were trying to cuff him or whatever. No, it, it, it hadn't clicked in yet. Hadn't clicked in yet? No, no. I got on top of him, cuffed him, and walked him out, you know. He was a big dude. He was a bigger dude than me. Yeah, no, no backup. Bigger dude than you? Yeah. That changes everything. You should have said that at the beginning. Oh, that sorry. does. Yeah, make, no, no, I'm, co- I'm yeah, kidding. But he's, but yeah, he's a big dude. You know what I mean? That and, does uh, change everything. If you're dealing with someone who you know you can handle physically, you know, without any problem, 
It's different. I no, he's know. definitely bigger than me, and he was a lot more dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> looking you just tell and, he and, looks. And then he had weapons. Yeah. No, no question. So. Did you ever it, find out what was in the beaker? It was uh, some kind of combustible liquid. He said like a acid. He ended up being a 3M chemist. Un- wow. Yeah. Just lost his job. The trifecta I talked about. Yeah. Lost his job. Lost that girlfriend. And what else? The other thing. Yeah. She dumped him too. I mean, it was this wow. whole thing. And I, yeah, I ended up getting him in my squad car and I... Uh, and then, of course, he starts crying and acting like he's having a heart attack. And, you know, it calls for get ambulance and backup. For real? Kind oh, yeah, of? yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. what were you thinking, man? Do you know how close you just yeah. came to dying? Yeah. And I love her, man. I love her. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Right. You know what I mean, at right. this point. So, and then the dad's out there with me. He's like, yeah, yeah, thanks so much for not shooting. Right. Yeah, that's great, you know. And then about that time, maybe, I started getting my partner started showing up. I would have cussed them all out. No, no, dude, <laughs> with no radio, I felt bad. Like, no, they started cussing me out. Trust me. It was, Did they really? Oh, it was the other way around. Like, you know, you could tell that they were just like, what did you do? Right, you know, just like are we all fucked now because of what yeah, you did? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and I had that fear. You know, oh my god, I'm in another jurisdiction, and no, uh, God, I hope I didn't bring. You know, I hope I didn't make the department look bad. Uh, you know, myself. You know, did I bring all this stuff? Did I do the right thing? Did I whatever? And then the guy waves his rights to. Um, he wants to right, go to Lakeview Hospital. Okay. In Stillwater, and I'm just like, all right. So I, you know, the ambulance checked him out. He's fine. Um, ended up cuffing him inside the ambulance. I don't think it was Lakeview Ambulance, but it was uh, Wisconsin-based ambulance service, and they uh, they ended up transporting him to Lakeview. And I followed along behind him, and you know, before I left, you know, I remember the dad was like, "Thanks again, man. This, you know." Well, this must have been a tough day for you. I mean, it's not your 10 in the morning, I don't yeah. think. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, you know, no, no big deal. You know what I mean? Don't, nothing to, you know, I think he was, he was embarrassed. For, he was mad at his son. Yep. He was embarrassed. He was wanna, all these You want to show yourself to be an upstanding citizen. And sure, I'm sure, sure. you feel that from him and it's kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell he's just a good old guy. You yeah. Know, that was in a up situation. And. And did any part of you, and I don't want to step on the story if there's more to it, but did was there any part of you that you said, um, like, I looked, you know, you know that you did something heroic in a moment because you know how that energy was at a crescendo and it's like you want to shoot. I mean, did you feel the muscle tension in your trigger finger? Like, you oh, know, yeah, no, I like was... where you called it off a little bit? Oh, yeah, I totally called in your it head? off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely was depressing the trigger okay and what did you to, think about in that moment like what made you call it off in your mind just the look in his eyes just give you one i mean he gave up at the moment that he would have died right let's put it that way i mean right. he was it was sheer happenstance that he stopped right then and complied i don't know if he saw the seriousness i would say you guys were in my eyes at, yeah, yeah at some kind of level that yeah this is it because it's just or 
you know, do you did it lead you to question yourself at all in that maybe I don't like you know I would be that like I've had that conversation like to kill someone is a way different I'll tell, thing. I'll tell you just how this story then unfolds is I follow the ambulance um, back to Stillwater and on the way back to the ambulance all of a sudden the adrenaline all hit Whew, holy shit that could have yeah. went super bad yeah that could have been bad as anything can go bad Kill him you know, in front of his dad. Kill him in front of his oh, dad. Fuck. He drops these two combustible things that he thinks are gonna blow us all up in his mind. Right. I mean, that's what he basically told me in you know the car. Really? Yeah. It was okay. Just like this combustible fluid and yeah and it is a movie scenario. Yeah, You've had exactly a movie scenario. And then we're 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 on our way back to the hospital, and it hits me that that adrenaline. And that was the last time I had an adrenaline dump. Yeah? Yeah. Why is it, uh, it why just, do you think I just, just I think my brain rewired itself. Really? Yeah, I just totally in that You went lizard? That yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, I can see uh, you know. It was a weird it was a weird sensation and it, you know, I was in the army. I, you know, I jumped out of airplanes and you know, did some crazy You're a hot cool shot. shot. What haven't you done? Yeah. You haven't fucked my wife, have you, Mrs. Noah? <laughs> Lots of stuff, yeah. yeah. I hope. I hope. But I ended up following the guy to the hospital. I talked to the guy while he's in custody, telling him nothing was worth that, what you just put us yeah. all through. Um, you, you Like, you must feel such a need almost to, like, grab by the lapels and be like, understand what I went through there. Like, I don't yeah, know. yeah, I, I know I did. I wanted to communicate to, it yeah. to him that... What you almost did to you, me, yeah, and your dad, and, your dad. You know, you just, and then let alone the, the victim of the crime, right? You know, and uh, oh. basically telling him, you know, because he kept crying to me at the hospital as I'm guarding him, because then uh, hospital ends up clearing him, and I ended up transporting him to. Uh, our jail and booking Jeez, him, and booking like him your in, caller yeah right. and booking him into jail and like oh that's good you know got a couple attaboys you know for my sergeants and uh you know everything went smooth and and then um i want to say it was a few months later where you know i got the word that you know, it had gone through the chain of command or something, you know, that you're going to get the Medal of Honor. And I was wow. like, wow, you know, that's kind of cool. And, you know. How often do they do that, the Medal of it Honor? It was the first time police? in Washington County history. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it was kind of a cool thing. but And it, and how it, cool for a life-saving thing, not for uh Yeah, for, you know, for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, was, it was a uh, pretty cool experience, but all of that went away. Four months later, because the guy broke back into the lady's house and brutally murdered her. Oh, no. In front of her. Uh, he brutally murdered her. He executed her new boyfriend and then brutally murdered her. And her four kids were lucky enough to get out of the house. Oh, no. But he lost. Wow. He left. Uh, he left six kids without parents. You know what I mean? Between the. Oh, uh. Two dads, so that 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 moment of being like, 
oh, I'm a Medal of Honor recipient yeah. to, I should have fucking should've smoked that him. guy. Yep. Oh, what a horror. That, Did that, that? Oh, my that's God. That's the darkest ending to like a story that I thought was just going to have a happy everybody. Yeah, there's no happy ending to that one. Oh, my oh, God. I'm going to cry. Did you? I mean, and how did that? Aff- so, okay, I'm. I'm just going to go back to the original question before I knew that just to see if you felt this. Because I was going to say that's such a profound experience emotionally for both of you because you were both, you know, whatever. Yeah. Did you feel linked to him? Like, like almost like, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I know his name. I'm going to pay attention in some way or I I don't know. Sure. But then, you know, as, as the story unfolded and, you know. I, uh, you know, the SWAT guys told me what happened. They went in. They, uh, he ended up barricading himself in to the house. And uh, long story short, they, they made entry. Um, he tried to do suicide by cop this time, raised the gun. They hit him three times with, uh, from what I understand, with, with an AR-15. Okay. One ricochets off his skull. One goes right over his heart through him and one blows off his his thumb on his hand and he lives yeah the motherfuckers ch- oh my god yeah and then uh he ends up you know you know going to regions and you know it, i mean is he alive today he's in jail yeah he's in jail for but, life, but still but, yeah. but not uh but yeah you're, there's still that part of me that's like Yeah. Didn't you get the warning the first time? <laughs> Didn't you get it? Yeah. I mean, I I conveyed it so right as best as I possibly could to you. Do you have guilt about it? Like, I, I mean, so- r- like real guilt. Uh, because I think everyone here would know that you should not. You, yeah. You yeah. did a you yeah, did but the no, job but, we want but, you to do. Tr- trust me, that does haunt you. Yeah. And, and it will always haunt me because of the number of kids that were left without a father. Yeah. Oh. Is it hard to see the Medal of Honor like on your desk or hanging on your wall? Where uh, it's have... nowhere. I knew it. It's that's nowhere. a hero thing to do, but that's true. Yeah, that's, it's I nowhere. Just... You don't. I don't have any things that show anything like that. Or and what was uh... so? It's a negative experience for you. Would you say? Uh it was a life experience, man. It was just yeah. one of those things that you know that was out of my control. That part was gone. But when you find out that, you know, he got out in three days, he was bailed out from the first time I arrested him. And he, you know, he was you know, like sent to anger management. Don't tell me his dad bailed him out. Yeah. He did? Yeah. He stole, and then he stole his dad's gun. And, I mean, this was a grown man. This guy was in his 40s. Right. This wasn't some, you know, spur of the moment, like little kid kind of thing. Right. And uh, I did get one more opportunity to see the guy. Um because he was in Regent's Hospital uh, under guard while he was going through his rehabilitation or, you know, till he right. could get in front of a court again. Because, like I said, they blew off his, you know, hand and he took a round above his heart and right. ricocheted his head. And I, um, another cop couldn't do guard duty. Okay. And I took the guard duty shift to watch him just pure luck huh not pure luck pure I, luck. I picked it you know, <laughs> okay luck. you did yeah, yeah i did i did and then a lot of my partners at the time were like kyle are you sure you want to do that's that? that's what i was gonna say are I you mean, sure you want to do that and i go i need some level of closure yeah 
to this. You know what I mean? Do and, cops understand that? I mean, is that a big thing? Closure to like? No, I don't know. I mean, is that rare? I think it was for me. I don't know if it's okay. rare, but right for me, it was. It wasn't even. I didn't even think I'd be any closure. Yeah, I just want to see this guy again. I get it. I, and uh, you know, and I saw him. You know, laughing and talking to the nurses. You know what I mean? And and I had the opportunity to say, Stephen, do you remember me? Oh, he acts all innocent. No, I yeah. don't know. You remember me. I go, do you know what you did? I mean, and then I go to her, to all those kids, to, you know, not getting yeah. anything from him. I go, do you know what you did to your dad? And he just broke down. Broke down. Yeah. Then he broke down. Wow. And that's all I said. And that was it. And I just went back and sat in my chair. That's amazing. And did the rest of my shift. I mean, in a way, it's amazing that whoever it is that helped you orchestrate that, you know, he was taking a chance. Did that guy say, look, man, like, Kyle, you're not going to fucking ghost this guy, are you? Like, I mean, was that a... No, they, 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 they I think they knew my level of professionalism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. I, mean, I don't think psychologically was it the best thing. Right. <laughs> but how... Hindsight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You were putting yourself, what do they call it, uh, whatever... I put myself harm, you know, like. Well, I mean, I knew that I wasn't going to harm this guy. Right. But it was just that. I do get wanting that closure. I don't know how I understand that, but I, I do. Just in my life, I need that from people or from things, and something that that's that's profound. I can get. And then it didn't even close down. there. You know, I ended up walking to the grocery store one morning, and there's the front page of the Pioneer Press. Could this man have stopped a killer? With what? My, with my face plastered right on it and a whole article of the incident. Are you wow. fucking kidding me? Really? The, yeah. They guilted a cop in the fucking newspaper? Well, basically it was a pro, like, this is what, you know, you go you through. And I did the interview with the guy, but it was all gone through the sheriff's department so that everything could be. But a lot of the details that are in that article... If you know you Google it and stuff, they aren't there. The radio not working's not there. Right. The two butcher knives aren't there. You know, it's it's one butcher knife. It's you know, what I mean, there's little indiscrepancies that you know you still yeah, always want to clear matter. up. That matter. To that me. matter a lot. So, wow. And how long? So, how did you get the news that he had killed those people? Like, where you know? Do you remember? I yeah. I was actually. Uh, I was living up on the St. Croix, and uh, a buddy of mine was staying over, and his pager went off at 5 in the morning. And this was before I was on SWAT. And the guy boogied. He was SWAT? Yeah, he was okay. SWAT sergeant. And, and I, got, I, got to roll, I got to roll call that morning, um, and I was field training a new recruit. And I walked into the locker room, and everybody was in – you know, chaotic mode, you know, in the locker room. <laughs> we got to get out on the street. We got to get out. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Your guy just killed some. And I was like. <sighs> your guy? They called him your guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, come on. Your guy on 10th Street. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. And, and what was your. So when you heard that, 
did it immediately come crashing in your role in this or did it take, you know, whatever, five minutes where you go like, oh, no. I, you know what I mean? I wish I could say it surprised me. Yeah. I was just more devastated for that family because I knew, you know, after I had ca- caught that guy in custody and stuff, there was a part of me that, you know, even though the lady lived not in my uh, patrol area she only lived like a quarter of a mile out I wanted to swing by there after that guy was in custody in my mind he was still in custody or and just say hey you know if you ever need it whatever, yeah or you know something. say like yeah please don't hesitate to call us if this guy ever harasses you again and and and, and this guy and she ended up doing all that you know she got the uh you know, the order for protection, all those things. And all that stuff failed. Yeah. And so that's why it was another reason it was all over the front page of the paper. It was also on um, Dateline. It was on Extreme Home Makeover. Extreme How did, So they came, the kids got the a kids house. got a new oh, house. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is great. So I got to oh, I got God. to live it I got to live it for another six months a year. So what <laughs> when that happens i mean what what happens to you in that period what are you doing i mean my god were you just inconsolable no no you know it's basically i went about about my job on a daily basis you know but i mean but inside and in your head like i mean is it something you thought about every night when you go to bed is it something like it's something that's always in it don't you compartmentalize it Yeah, yeah yeah you definitely put it away Wow. You put it away, but you, you you definitely, that part of you that was like, you're talking a hundredth of a second. Yeah. And two more, two people would have been alive. Did you, would I have died and would the hostage have died? I don't know. Right. But I know that those uh, two people wouldn't have. Did you, um, you know, for, for, Someone who did law enforcement at the level that you did for so long, did you delude yourself or maybe did you know, can you tell the difference between someone who's capable of murder and someone who isn't? Did you have that feeling with this guy or any feeling? I knew he was dangerous. You did? I saw the, you know, if you could say you saw evil in somebody's yeah. eyes, when you look at it in hindsight, was that scared animal that I saw or was that psychotic Right. Do you? I don't know. Do you believe in evil, good or evil? Uh, you know, with your history. I did. You know what? I, I didn't until I dealt with him. I didn't really. You know. Yeah. And I've had that conversation before. You know. But I do. I do. I believe that there are freaking evil ass people out there. Yeah. Are there people that stick out to you through your law enforcement? You know, aside from him, where you go, oh, that guy's fucking evil. Like this is a a problem dude oh yeah you can see you know yeah i've seen others any that uh stick out there <laughs> nah, know, there's no, no, it's no, just no. like dudes on the street people just you run do, into. dude on the streets you know? yeah and i think we all know that I, feeling you know like uh yeah there's a guy garen straw we went to junior high with the kid Karen. was like dead-eyed when he was 13. You yeah, know what I mean? Totally and you know, animal, animal and, and I bet he has a horrible backstory that I'd cry for him. But the motherfucker stole my Funyuns in front of my girlfriend at the movie review. Anyway, that's for a different day. I'm not trying to one-up you. <laughs> you just won. I did. What? Uh, 
Fucking A, that was crazy, man. That's so intense. Um, for, I guess, I just want to make sure I didn't uh, miss anything with hostage negotiation. Um, I don't know. What's your standout moment from that? Anything where you go like, that was a hairy, like, which one did you feel the best about yourself in? Was it the shotgun? Yeah, the one? shotgun one, because I was stuck out, because it was just solo. It was just me, Wano. You know, I didn't have the rest of the the team wasn't there. It wasn't, yeah. the rest of them were pretty mundane. And Did uh, you ever muff one where you go like, yeah, no. maybe you could jump off. Oh, no. wait. <laughs> If you don't, if you don't, if you don't have those thoughts come through your head, if you don't, if you lose your sense of humor, yeah, whew, you're gonna be a sad, miserable person. Yeah. So you better have a gallow sense of humor. I mean, obviously there was no, there's no redeeming funny thing I can pull out of that. Yeah. Uh, double murder. Right. I mean, you know, and I, I've, you know. And I've made fun and joked with a lot of other, you know, pretty serious things, you know. Yeah. To just to bring some level of you levity have to, deal to with it somehow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you, know, you go to so many, you, you go to these grinder accidents where you know, you know, people are crushed underneath a semi. Yeah. And or. What's the first like? murder type thing you saw that where you're just like I can't like really this is shit that happens in the world you know is that I think the last thing I saw I think one of the last uh, things I came across was uh, like a Romeo and Juliet um, suicide suicide pack suicide junior high kids yeah oh my god blue shot her in the back of the head with the 12 gauge repumped it Stuck it in his mouth and blew his head clear off. And then, and then uh, basically, we got there after the fact, you know, because I was working dope at the time. And uh, I was sitting doing kind of like a guarding the crime scene. But just seeing that kind of, that level of carnage. I mean, I'd seen other suicides before, too. It wasn't... But at that age, and the eeriness of oh, young of people. the eeriness of their cell phones still going off in the at night, and just lighting up everything of their because I guess I guess they yeah I guess I guess they told their friends their friends and they were giving stuff away at school. They just the whole yeah. Well, do they warn you know when you're going to a crime scene like that? Even amongst law enforcement people who see the worst of the worst all the time, is there something for the extra level ones where they go like, you know, like officers be advised this one, you know, like this one's something extra. Yeah, to but look you at think or... you're Superman, you think you can see it all. Yeah. What do they say? I mean, what like what's the kind of stuff you hear to You know there's nothing really that they say or okay. prepare you for it. You know, like Right. This is going to be a gory one. No, you okay. don't, you know, nothing's, don't coming, <laughs> nothing's coming across the radio. This one's really icky. That's what they say. This one, that's really icky. A lot of blood. Right. A lot of blood on this one. We're talking like, nine or ten pints, guys. They <laughs> better be advised. Yeah. 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 And as a, uh, as a I host- hope you haven't eaten. Yeah. <laughs> Officers, <laughs> you should stop off, get your feel or whatever. <laughs> as a... Uh, the hostage negotiator. Were there ever times when somebody would make demands like, "We want fifty thousand dollars in a 
helicopter fueled up. Yeah, that was uh, no, that's the movies, but I love that. I love that. That would be so awesome if some did, guy did that. So that never happened? Never Fuck, had any no. stupid demand? I'd love <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, no. Give me a chopper. Here, here's, the, here's, the, here's the number one demand. Just, oh. go, just go away. Oh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> I go, it's a little too late for that. That's a great demand, though. It is. <laughs> if you, everyone would just leave me alone, then yeah. I won't. Yeah. If I close Let me my, go to work tomorrow. If I close my eyes, can I just rewind time? Wow. What? Yeah, oh. what a helicopter. Oh. <laughs> I want a chopper. They always oh, say chopper. Worst, the movies are yeah. like, they, do you ever send like the pizza delivery guy in with a hidden wire? And- yeah, exactly. No, no. But, you know, we, you have the throw phone and now they've gone to robots and, you know, you guys see the news, you know. Yeah. What, goes on, but, what about? Mean, there are some technical aspects that, you know, we can't talk about, but it's... <sighs> It's just basically one-on-one conversation. Yeah. It's being able to communicate. I'd have to bring Tevin <laughs> to feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Smooth. Yeah, Smooth. absolutely. Um, how many, I mean, that's a whatever, awful question, but how many dead bodies have you seen? Would you guess, you know? Just just because... If I don't it, count I dead do deer. I have a reason. Yeah, yeah. If no, I don't, don't count, count dead deer... deer. I murdered a, a deer. Of, I shot a lot of deer. I have a brutal murder of a deer story that honestly makes me messed up that I won't tell you because it would one up all your. I slaughtered <laughs> a fucking Bambi. So sorry. No, I'm not proud so, of it. No, I, I, I can tell hunting. you every time I had to. Every time I had to dispatch a deer, code word for shoot a deer yeah, on yeah. the side of the road. You know they got hit by a car. Oh, that's or, the worst. Yeah. That's really horrible. And, like I remember the first time it was like you know blindfold cigarette. <laughs> you know what do you do I don't yeah know. It's horrible yeah but after after a hundred of them you just you, know, you get used to that part of it but. I'd act, I'd just strangle the deer yeah that's the crazy thing it. they're still in the rut so they, they they put up a fight I've tried it I've tried you've it. tried to strangle a deer you've tried to strangle a fucking deer I strangled a turkey one time what? strangled a turkey in Delwood Huh. I didn't. I didn't. I had no idea. No. <laughs> I didn't. I, I had no idea. I, like that was one time where you know I knew you should wring a thing's neck. Yeah. You know when you kill a fowl. Yeah. Well, yeah. I get to this call and you know this family in the Mercedes Benz is sitting there and oh we just hit this turkey and you know right. can you call the Raptor Center. <laughs> And I was, the yeah. Raptor Center. I don't know. I, right. I called my sergeant. He's like, just shoot it. And I'm like, I'm in a residential neighborhood. I don't think I can. He's like, okay, well, just strangle it. I'm like, okay. But this family's here. So to have a video of a cop fucking strangling <laughs> a turkey to death would Dude. just be. No, it's. It's. would <laughs> be worth $10,000, I think. No, it, it is. It was totally that kind of situation where I told the people everything's fine. Go ahead and leave. They leave. I just totally start ringing its neck as hard as I can, you know, and the thing's like looking back at me, <laughs> just right. you know, gobble, gobble. Which and just I'm made just like, you come, I'm right? just, <laughs> and I'm almost there. <laughs> almost there, yeah. So <laughs> then finally it goes limp. <laughs> Which one? I chuck yeah. it into the woods. I'm like, done. Good work, Kyle. Good police work today, <laughs> Kyle. That's I good. start walking back Detective all of a sudden. Kyle. <laughs> you hear that? It come, <laughs> Yeah, it comes back alive. I come storming back in the woods. <laughs> I think <laughs> choking the cr- oh <laughs> and uh, as I look back, 
There's the family. The kids <laughs> pushed up against the windows watching me. Oh, that's so great. That's a Coen Brothers movie. I love it. It's a, it's a fucking real story. It happened. How did you get... And sorry, so I have to steer it back to human death now because that's Go ahead. sort of whatever. Um, you didn't answer the question about quantity, first of all. Oh, of, de- of dead think? bodies? Yeah, like how many do you... Just to give people an idea for what you deal with when you're out there like that. We're talking like over 25? Yeah. yeah. Really? So, yeah. And mostly car accidents, I would imagine, Car accidents, right? natural death. Um, What's the worst death you've seen? Uh... Like, is there one where you go, like, that's... I saw a Final Destination-type moment where a car, three cars went through an intersection, and a semi picked off the middle car perfectly. I got there, and uh, I saw a lady in the back window of the car, and I smashed out the back window, and I climbed in and, uh, you know, checked the pulse, and uh, I realized... That was the driver. Wow. Stretched from front to back of the car. Stretched from front to the back of the car? Yeah. Just pulled oh all the way God. to the back. Holy <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Was there... Oh. And everybody's just walking How do you react when you see that? You know, when you... It shuts off. It, it, you, you're, uh, you know... In a lot of other situations, too, too, I was being like... Where's the cops' camera crew? Is this a joke? Yeah. yeah. You know, other different situations. Is this a super dark, candid camera? Exactly. <laughs> right. Final destination. Are you being punked? Yeah. <laughs> be Where's Ashton? I was a medic in the Army, so oh. I, I saw death really, like, you know, I was a fucking problem. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, now, I, was, I was trained as a combat medic, but they disbanded my unit. I ended up working in the emergency room in D.C., and I think the first uh, body I ever dealt with, a dead body, I was 20 years old, and uh, it was an 18-month-old baby. Oh, my fucking God. That had Damn it. aspirated on milk, and uh, Aspir- the, the mom just propped up a bottle and went into the convenience store. Oh. oh. And uh, so the baby gets into us, obviously, coated, you know, but we did CPR for... An hour, you know what I mean. Your uh, first dead body is an eighteen-month-old baby. Yeah, and I was twenty years old. So, then you see him like that, and you. So it was, yeah. What do you? I mean, how do you go home from that? How, how do, do you, you process go, that one? Yeah, how, I mean, like really, how do you go home and have people joke or watch a comedy and laugh or you know what I mean? Oh, you just. I think I. I think I probably went into some levels of depression. Honestly. Yeah. Do you think? So each one you saw, do you think it takes something from you? And then finally that last one, you know, you say that you feel like you were reprogrammed in a sense? Or do you think yeah, you were reprogrammed I, I, right I, away? I, I, I was, my brain rewired itself after the River Falls, you know, hostage thing. and Yeah. Um, but my, my level of empathy never left. Okay. But my ability to have that adrenaline, impact. like, of, like, whew. You know, like doing dope work and you're knocking in doors and taking people down at gunpoint and, you know, zip tying them and, you know, there was... Don't you need it, that it, adrenaline to do you your do. job right? You know what? You do. Yeah. You do. 
you do. Were you aware of it as it? So was it? Was there a moment through it where you realize where you go like something's wrong? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you 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 know that you're not the same person you were when you started the job. Okay. You're you're not less of a person. You're just you've seen so much so quick so or so much in your life already yeah. that you just day-to-day stuff becomes mundane so what um as someone who watched this area undercover narcotics like what's your first assignment i mean you know how do you start when they okay you're out of school here i showed up to the office i'm an undercover uh, no you get back there and first of all you're separated from you know the rest of the department and uh you're in a different location um, you're isolated from your former partners. You work 24-7, basically. Okay. You know, it's not, there's no set hours, but you're putting in a ton of hours. Did you actually, you know, put on the grimy clothes? Like, did you make a character for yourself? No, no, no. no. Okay. I mean, some guys do. Okay. You know, I mean, basically, uh... I'd be cheating. It sticks. Uh, cheech and chomp. I mean, it sticks out though. I mean, it's like the guy that's you know. I'm a, all of a sudden I'm a, I'm a biker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you are. you are, huh? Yeah. Right. All right. Or yeah. We're on this the grimy. How did you dress? Long hair. When you did it, so just you know, from, if you don't from mind how me I'm saying, from how I'm dressed now. Uh huh. To, you know, a sweatshirt, some shorts, to. You know, I was never like at, at undercover school. They they gave us a bunch of like ripped off, uh, you know, um, counterfeit like NFL and NBA jerseys and stuff. Well, that I can't even fake that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, all of a sudden, I'm wearing a jersey. What's up, guys? Right, right. Yeah, I'd look like a male prostitute. It would not yeah. be good. I should say just for the audience because I do this when it's hot chicks, so I might as well do it when it's you to describe because the listeners ask a lot. He looks like Tom Segura, kind of. I don't know. Do you know that comic? Great yeah, comic. Good guy. Yeah, yeah. You sort of have a Tom Segura look. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, you just look like, I mean, really, if you showed up and did drugs and what you're wearing, I would believe that more than yeah. if you're wearing a flannel with a rag hanging out of your back of your pocket or something. Well, that's it. I right. mean, you can't fake. I mean, these guys are, they know how to read people. Yeah. You're talking about wolves. Yeah. And sheep and wolves and sheep. Especially drugs. Like the language of it, the whatever. You really, I can think of many times in my life where people try to act like they can hang. And it's like, you know, everyone knows it in the room the second you fake it. Yeah, there's no faking it. God I mean, damn, yeah. It's, now better, that you think it's, about it's better to be naive than yeah. fake it. Right. Just own own that you're own naive. Own the fact almost. that I just want to get high. Yeah, I want right? to try it. Yeah. That's it. What, um, do you remember your first situation you went into? I mean, probably the first ones were all like, you know, assisting other go- cops, you know. Do you have it, a mentor in it? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Okay. Uh, Kaj Grove veteran, really good guy. Um, but my, the sergeants that I hung out with and knew, like when I first started, were really my mentors, like, okay. that got me into it, you know, and um, 
that made me want to go down that career path and, and see it as a possibility. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? So. But, yeah, it's... Uh, Did you go do, you know... You know, you like go to high school. your first time? You do... You really go to high school? Oh, God. Because you were in your 30s. Yeah, I wasn't doing 21 Jump Street. Of course. Right. <laughs> come on. He's sitting in chemistry class trying to <laughs> pose. I mean, I, come on, Have you have seen <laughs> Billy Madison? Hello. Right. We'll, yeah, we'll put a picture of him from the neck down or whatever. <laughs> can, I, <laughs> can I get some STP? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, Hello, Walter White. Can you hook me up? What was the main thing that you pursued in this town? Heroin. Heroin? Heroin and math. Who probably. controls the heroin trade in Minneapolis, would you say? Or at least then? I'd say the Mexicans. Okay, Mexicans still too. And that's still, it's from El Chapo, still like, or Still whatever. comes from Mexico. Up Into 30, Chicago. Up 35. Okay. It comes up here. I mean, up 35. it'll split out and go to Chicago too. I mean, it's a Oh, I thought it all hubbed in Chicago. And it came come from here. Portland across to, okay. you know, comes on 94. Okay. I mean, you know, the numbers, like when uh, I was in DA school, I mean, it's astronomical. Yeah. Like one in four cars <laughs> is loaded. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's things like that. Those are the kind of numbers you're going up against. Right. So you're fighting a war. An unwinnable war. Unwinnable. Yeah. And how do you feel about it? Since that, like, I mean, how long were you in the job before that was abundantly clear to you? Before you're in the job, before I was in the job, right? You just want to do it because you're chasing the rush more. Would you say, or the excitement? Not the rush. Yeah, I mean, part of, yeah, part of it was like tennis is what I've always wanted to do. Yeah, let's check it out. Yeah, and you know I mean? and you are busting guys overall. You are busting dudes who that need it that need to be busted. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, granted, I mean these. I mean, if if you're dealing dope to teenage girls, yeah, yeah. You need to be busted. As someone who loved drugs a long time, I never loved drug dealers. No. You know what I mean? They're all No, I think they're the lowest of shit. low. Yeah. I mean. Especially when you can I mean, stay they're, sober. They're, they're very predatory. They're yeah. very. Yeah. They're just. I, I never met one that what? was some mastermind. Yeah. Just a fucking prick. What, was it ever hard to. Yeah. I mean, I always say this about whenever people can go to parties sober. Or deal drugs sober, like no, 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 I don't touch a thing. Like, there's something so like you like being around people who are diminished, mm-hmm. and that you like. You're to predator. See, it's yeah, it is. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, like I said, you know, I grew up in Florida. Uh-huh. I saw the predatory behavior when you know guys were dealing coke to you know girls. Yeah, and what girls would do for that coke? It's scummy. Even in the army, um, you know. It was during the height of the crack epidemic, and it, it was there. Really, in was, the army. I was in D.C. So, oh, okay, yeah. in D.C. Yeah, yeah. I was at I was I was at uh, Fort Meade. So, yeah, there it was there. Right. It was in the barracks. It was there. I mean, right. it was crack cocaine. Huh. I mean, people tested positive for it. Right. You know. What did you? Do you have any moments like I don't know? I like I just think of. You know, I assume you get most of your leads from bus, you know, where you, you like you're climbing the chain essentially. Yeah. When's the first time you're in a situation where you got to I don't know, be undercover. Like really be undercover where I gotta act a different way in front of people. I mean, like, even though I know you're not acting, but you get yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Um 
there's been just so many times that you know yeah it's hard to just pin a moment down i mean i can pin moments down like it wasn't even a dope deal but it was it was a weapons deal okay but they knew it was a a dea informant knew a guy trying to get out of a you know trying to get out of something i mean the da informant was was solid you know he was still looking you know i think he shot somebody or something and he was in our county jail and had talked to somebody and you know got a name and you know was gonna barter that name and atf or dea called us and was like you guys got somebody that can do a this deal and then ATF gets called in too because it's guns related. So you got feds, you got everybody there and they were like, Kyle, you want to buy guns undercover? And I'm like, was that exciting to you or was it, you know, it's, I think guns would be the scariest thing. I think it's a little bit, it's, 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 it's more nerve wracking. I I think is because it's, you know, there's going to be weapons there. You know, there's going to be money there. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, when there's a dope deal, too, there's going to be drugs and guns go hand in hand. So they some, do. to a certain extent. Yeah, they do, a, but it's... At a certain level. Yeah. Of drugs. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, At a yeah. certain amount. Yeah, at if a you're certain buying three grand worth, there's probably... Yeah, not. if you're not, yeah. 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 On the day-to-day, no. Like what we talked about of the guys just running dope around. Yeah. They're not packing. Right, right. Right, it, it would be a mistake. That'd be, that'd be, It'd be a mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever screw up when you're doing a arms deal and then like lick your pinky and touch the Uzi and then go, oh, wait a second? No. <laughs> I wish it would have been. Yeah, I wish it had some totally like Total cop move. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yes. <laughs> what? Um, so that well, first what, arms deal, yeah. How did yeah. That... What? What happened? Well, basically, uh, I ended up calling. It was ended up being a cold call. So I'm sitting in a room just like we're sitting in right now. I called the guy that's supposed to be have these weapons for sale, convicted felon, bad dude. Yeah. Molester. I mean, the guy's got a rap sheet longer. I mean, we'd fallen him around on meth deals and everything else, too. This guy's just a piece yeah. of nice humanity. I yeah, mean, yeah, I mean, nice guy, good guy. I mean, on paper, he did not look good. Right. Um but uh, so I cold called him, um, just basically. Hey, you cold called him? Yeah, introduced okay. myself like, "Hey, so and so told me to call you." Gave the name of the informant from the from the jail. Do you speak with like a little bit of a street accent? No, no, okay. I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Dealing with some. What was your story? Why you needed the the, the guns? Because there was at such a good price. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you no. didn't even have to tell. No, I bargained. Or... I just bargained the price, and you know what I mean? Okay. The guy needed the cash. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's what it comes down to, too, in the drug Motivation. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, these guys just want to make money. It's yep. not about a And lot that of greed things. is the, so powerful to make, it'll it compels over, people. It will override their yeah. senses, even if they're saying, <laughs> I've had situations in my life, uh, you know, in the drug days where you're just like, I'm in the worst situation in the world, but it's like money I want, and I'm so lucky that nothing awful happened because it's pure yeah. luck. Where I was going against every fucking instinct I ever had. Yeah, and yeah, and I the mean, drugs will do that to you too. You know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Did you ever arrest anyone where you say like where you went? 
This guy had me marked fucking oh, yeah, 10 minutes ago. Trust me, the, the dudes on that on that gun deal were all after the fact. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. But what ends up happening is we set up the buy of these guns. It took an afternoon, you know, on the phone. You know, it's just like a drug deal. You get dicked around, call, yeah. cancel. Show me up here at three. Yeah, yeah show up. I can't make it. Drug dealers are not the most. Uh, That's my idea of th- heaven. Th- you get back all the time that you spent waiting and waiting for, lots for yeah, drug exactly. dealers. Yeah, exactly. They're not going to show up they on time. They have to wait for you. And, yeah. and, and you know, and, and obviously there, there's budgets involved where we're operating on. Yeah. You know, oh, how good is your informant? Well, your informant sucks. Nobody showed up. So there's pressure on you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff, you know. But uh, on this deal, I, you know, everything is so orchestrated, too. It, it, It literally, there's operational planning that goes into it, you know. And we, you know, I made the initial call early in the morning, you know, then it's like, Oh, okay, deal set up. Why don't you guys go home and take a nap, and you know we'll come back at ten o'clock at night. Well, how do you sleep when you got that coming up? Yeah, you know you don't right. go home and go to sleep. I went home and tried to sleep. Yeah, you don't, but your mind's racing a hundred miles an hour, trying to figure out every contingency of what could go wrong. What you know? Is is it hard to have friends outside of the force then? Like when you're in, when you're into something that much? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, especially I mean, it's a time thing too. You know, you're you're running. Everyone's working nine to five or whatever, and you're running. Yeah. You know. Whenever. Whenever. Yeah. And, uh, but, so, the guy eventually shows up at the at the meet location. We had a briefing ahead of time, um, due to the nature of you know buying the guns and everything at a full contingency of SWAT there to cover me okay of you know the best of the best cover guys and my case agent so you never you're never your own case agent you know you set up the deal and then someone works the undercover part of it you can't be both. Otherwise, you'd go, like, to make your case, you might do things that you would normally do. You know okay. what I'm talking about? I'm not sure. I'm not so, sure I let's say, like, I set up this whole deal. Well, I'm going to make it happen. It's well, like I was just the undercover. So, of. basically, I'm the actor coming in to fill the role for the director of this show. Right. Okay. So, so basically, you have to set up the buy, but, hey, my buddy's got to come in and pick it up for me kind of thing? Yeah, is that what you well, mean? basically, yeah, that's what the other guy, the other guy did all the operational planning. He's going to oversee me to make sure that I'm safe, that I'm following along with all the protocols. Okay. And it's not going to get pushed too far. Right. And uh, basically, you know, and then you have a briefing. Everybody's there. Everybody knows what I'm wearing. Um, you know, things are... Things are set to go. Yeah, yeah. You know, I go to the. You feel safe going into the. I go to the prearranged location. Do, do I go? I don't know if you say feel safe, but you're. Uh, like you have the advantage. I have the. I, I, until they show up. Yeah, yeah. Until it's me to you distance or okay. or less. You know what I mean? If you're doing yeah. a drug deal in a car, I mean, me and you, it's it's mile yeah. mile right, kind right. of deal. And that's how this was supposed to be. Like he's going to show up. 
I'm going to buy the guns and get out of here. Well, he rolls in with two other people in a Volvo. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's weird. I never expected a Volvo. That's what it was playing yeah. through my mind, you know. And uh, he gets there and gets out and we shoot the shit a little bit, you know, and, well, you know, show me the gun. You know. Were you serious in these interactions or like were you yeah, joke friendly? I would, I would joke friendly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You take that take that stress off. Yeah. You know for what sure. I mean? And and it was just as much for them as it was for me. Right. And uh you know, show me the gun and uh show me the gun and I remember pulling it out of the case and he's freaking out and I'm a felon. I'm like, Oh jeez, I didn't know <laughs> of course I didn't. Right, but, you know, you know, put the gun back. I'm a felon. What does that mean? Because you can't. Have you guns. can't have. Okay. Yeah, you're looking, and then he had prior convictions, and you know, you're looking at. I'm looking at something. This guy's going away for ten years. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not a. Right. And, and, you know, and I think about that too. I go, this is, this this guy's. He has a lot to lose. His life, his life is, uh, drastically going to change. What kind of gun were you buying from him? Uh, one was, it was a pistol and, uh, a long gun, some type of rifle. I'm sure they were stolen. Um, did you ever feel bad for the people that you arrested? Like, I mean, to the extent where it's like, like, I wish I could let you go, man, but you just. Yeah, but you crash your fucking car and, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you're drunk as fuck and uh, now I can't let you. Yeah. I can't help you out, man. I cannot let you. I got you. detained once where I really believe the cop was very, like, regretful that he had to. He's well, like, you do. Hey, and, 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 and I don't think it's uh, a matter of being, you know, with some cops, I think it can be a matter of being like, fuck, my shift's over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, it had nothing to do with you. Yeah, it has yeah. nothing to do with you. It's just a good timing for you. Right. But no, it's uh but yeah, there's definitely that empathy of you know, man especially when it came to tickets. I think I wrote the least amount of speeding tickets in the history of Yeah. And just even drugs too, if you're of the mind where you kinda know this is an unwinnable war and this guy's a junkie, if you know what a junkie is. Well that's the thing. I and ha- have family and you go like I just broke up that family because he got caught. Now you didn't break him up. He did. Yeah. He made the choice. Yeah, well this junkie that I was buying the guns from was you know, what I would describe him as a predator. Okay. You know, a yeah, serial yeah. habitual I mean, he would sell yeah, drugs. Yeah, these are he dealers sell, you're dealing He with would mostly. sell drugs to a kid. You know, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that type. That's of just, uh, You know what I mean? So I, I really didn't have a lot of uh, empathy when it came to taking this guy off the streets. Um, so I do the do the buy. Um, he leaves to go get me the second gun. Because as normal, he comes, you know, it's not... Fucks He's not a up. good businessman. He doesn't have both the guns. Nothing that we discussed. You know, I mean, you go, you go get the other gun. Well, at that point, um, the decision's been made above me to do a traffic stop on this uh, this guy and his uh, cohorts. His cohorts. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. It's I a word too. I don't use very often. Yeah, I like it. But... Uh, and I went and met my case agent at the same time and done and, you know, get debriefed of like, oh, you did this right or that right or, you know, I wouldn't have done this or that, you know, because I flashed them. I mean, I showed him the money. I mean, I'm like, 
I'm ser- you know, t- in my mind, it was because like, hey, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got reprimanded for that. They thought that was a mistake? Yeah. Cause, oh, he could have robbed you right then and there. Well, then I- I'm prepared for that, too. Right. Right. But I'm here to show you I'm serious. Right. Like, you know, and, and to take that edge off of like, am I dealing right. with a cop? Am right. I not dealing with a cop? I don't know what I'm dealing with. Because I was wearing a vest. I was right. wearing a t-shirt, shorts. And it was awkward because, you know, I was having to move around so that, you know, you the back of my... You show the crease. I, the... Yeah, on the back. It would it was printing on the back where the where the straps of my vest would show. And, uh, you know, so I was just playing this weird game with that. and Oh, what a weird thing to have in the back of your head while you're trying to interact like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're trying to be... Trying to, stay natural but then he dropped his cigarette i leaned over to pick it up then i thought oh no i just kind of kicked it back you know what i mean it was just yes oh think, that's a you super th- fucked you up. think about that stuff and and i knew you know just how my gun was i couldn't get to my gun it would have been mono mono you know hands-on if if, if things went bad because even with my team there they're not within yeah, they're not close Wait, enough. They're not to close shoot, enough to right. save me. You mean they're not in like the 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 car right van? Now. They're, yeah, they're not in the park pl- the, down the, the block. Is that Tom Arnold <laughs> with the it? telescope yeah. on it? <laughs> Everybody knows the plumber van. Yeah. I'm gonna have to tip off the guys. <laughs> guys, think, the plumber van's coming. Have um, was there ever a time that you actually got made? Like you know, to where they knew well, it was on you a surveillance. They, on a surveillance, or, a couple of times or, I thought it was. Or well, so I guess was this the end of the gun? But what happened when they f- did the traffic stop? Oh, they did the traffic stop, and I was talking to my partner, and all of a sudden I heard automatic weapons fire. In my mind, it was automatic weapons fire. I know what it sounds like. I knew what it was. I said it to my partner. He looks at me and he goes, "Nah, it's fireworks." I go, "That's automatic weapons." Fire. And I knew right then and there that my SWAT team had gotten a shootout with the guy. And uh, then the radio traffic burst in, and uh, he he decided he wasn't going to go down Go down and kick the door open and came out and ended up taking, I want to say, you know, probably 16 rounds. Wow. Yeah, he had no idea. I mean, he right. was he was done. It wasn't, uh, and I watched the video of it, and I, it wasn't like, it wasn't as graphic as you think it would be or anything like that. Yeah. It was more like a puppet getting his cut, strings cut. Really? Yeah, oh, that's done. a great description. Just done. You should be a writer. That's just done. great. Um, and then um, my partner went down there. I went down to the police tape line. You know, still dressed. I think I changed my shirt. I mean, I kind of blend into all the other crowd watching it. You know, and I and I saw the guy there crumbled on the ground, and and you know to think that. Did you feel somewhat responsible in a, yeah, in a weird way? Twenty yeah. minutes. Twenty minutes ago, I was talking to you. You and I are joking. Yeah. Now you're dead. You know. I mean? And do you ever somewhat like them in that moment like you know where 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 they show a flash of a decent personality sure, or whatever sure. yeah yeah there's a there was a humanity to the person yeah. absolutely yeah yeah and then you don't i mean but when they make that decision they made that decision and and the guy had fled multiple times from law enforcement and got away from it right this time he didn't realize what was 
That's waiting. fake. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I felt really super guilty, and and I and I battled with it for a long time. That I wish it would have went bad at the scene, and if it would have went bad, then my partners wouldn't have had to shoot him. It would have been me. You know, you you battle with that kind of thing of like. I I don't know why, but I do get it, I feel like. I mean, it's. You know, because there was, I mean, all four of them um, shot the guy, so. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I mean, do you ever, I don't know, even think like, uh, you know, we live in this this ludicrous play that we live in or whatever like almost to just drop the act and go like man these are all cops like this is over you know like is there a way we can just say cut here like this is over he's done the thing he's doing the thing let's just yeah. don't get yourself killed let's not kill you just go to jail well that's know. the thing too yeah. and i i guess this this guy had already planned out if he was going back and he he told the guy in the back seat that you know Right. And they're not taking. When he got out. pulled over, he said, "I'm yeah. going down." Yeah. yeah, and I'm not. Yeah. Wow. Did you ever, like, uh, what's the biggest buy that you ever were a part of? Probably those guns. Those guns. How much money was it? Are we talking? Uh, it was only a few hundred bucks worth of guns, but you're looking at the prison time involved. Oh, uh, okay. I, I also, you know, and I was also, you know. On the periphery, you know, I did the search warrant on one of our big car dealers that just got out of prison. I did the search warrant on his house, too. Hacker? No. Yeah? Hacker. Really? Yeah, and uh, that was interesting, and to see how the other half lives. <laughs> what was his thing again? And Tevin will Google it quick if we need to. I mean, I remember it, but it's just, what the fuck was it? I was getting him confused with Petter. His things was, those two knew each other. Did they really? Oh, yeah. There was a, there was a, there was signs that they knew each other. A back channel? They fucked the same prostitutes? Uh, Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, they rolled in the same circles. Let's put that. If you got private jets and shit, you know each other probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you roll in that, that circle of guys that have that kind of money to play around with. Yeah. They know each other. Yes. It's not a small. It's a small world. Right. When you got that kind of money. Yeah. Yeah. So. What's the so? What are the things you saw, investigating or ser- serving that warrant where you go like, oh wow, you fuckers really live it up up here. There was no dirty clothes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not your typical search warrant where it's all sex toys and porno playing <laughs> and porno playing on the TV. You know what I right. mean? Right. Running yeah. in a loop. Twenty. It's yeah, like going to no, Isaac Whitney's house. There was there was tons of you know. Like Bellagio chips for twenty five thousand dollar Bellagio chips. I mean, there was stuff there that you know. How much cash reserves have you seen in houses? You know, there's always these marijuana houses that'll always have ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars and stuff like that. But how often do? People but I've help seen more themselves? in dope than I've okay. seen, you know, in kilos of actual dope i mean i've hit houses up in chisago i see north branch where the cartel has a safe house or whatever the hell it is and we've hit a house with dea and dude they're scattering like rats there's 
14, you know. Like just Mexican thousands and thousands of dollars. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, a, you know, baking pans full of crystal meth with the shards of meth that look like something that you'd build the Fortress of Solitude on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, huge pieces right. of glass. These aren't, you know, this isn't little baggies of dope. How hard is it to you that, you know, you've seen this stuff. You know this stuff is going around. You know it's around. You'd probably drive by... House where you go, like man, I stormed that house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not a place in the metro or a neighborhood, or I mean, there's neighborhoods, obviously, but there there isn't a city that I don't think I've done something, something, you know what I mean? Who do you view? So, we talked a little bit about bikers beforehand. Mm -hmm. Is, Is it as who are the big controllers of the trade in the metro area? Would you say, like, do bikers control meth and the Crips control, you know, heroin? No. Mexicans control it all. Really? Yeah. No shit. Is there a guy in this town that you go, he's the number one bad guy that every fucking cop wants to take down, but we can't? There was. I worked a case against a guy on the east side of St. Paul that had never been caught and worked it with the DEA, ATF, IRS. Um, That went on for my whole um, time in narcotics. No shit. They finally busted him. We seized... Airplanes. Airplanes. Uh, airplane. Uh, okay. Airplane-ish. It was a Cessna. I got to ride in. It was pretty cool. You got to ride in it? Yeah, we seized it over in St. Paul, and they brought in a pilot and flew me down to Holman. And <laughs> got to ride in it. It was kind of cool. That must have felt like a bit of, uh, whatever, a cool victory. Yeah, well, it was kind of interesting because we w- actually went to this guy's work and told him flat out that we're seizing all your assets. And, and, he, and he you worked, got to he, deliver and, the message? Yeah, me and my partner. Delivered. Can you tell me, like, uh, the guy, like, what he did as a front or his name or whatever? He's in jail, right? Yeah, I don't, you know, I can honestly be, honestly tell you I don't know his name. I can tell you he worked at Century College. I can tell you the Worked he- at Century Why College? Would you have a- the number two guy, the, his, the guy's partner. The, the main guy, I think, uh, his name was Jesus Mendoza, Jesse Mendoza. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. So sorry, I, I just got to back up to catch this. This it's is amazing. Bizarre that to me. this drug kingpin worked at Century College. No, so, no, his buddy did, oh, or okay. his partner, or whatever you call it. So Jesse Mendoza was the head guy, or whatever, the main bad guy. Yep. And then his partner worked at Century College. Yep. Doing what? <sighs> Admin something. And then was he? He who, was the one that had, had the, the plane. money officially. He had the plane and everything. Jesse okay. had all the street credit and the. Okay, and this guy had the. Like the street cred, essentially. Yep. Yeah, or, not this, not the guy that lived in Woodbury that worked at. So, but he would fly his Cessna to California to pick up kilos. No shit. And fly him back. What gang is it that that's in charge here, or whatever for the Mexican gangs? I mean, is, would it, be tough. is it is it Mexican mafia, MS thirteen, or? I would say Mexican mafia, not MS thirteen. Okay. <clears throat> How about the Serenios? How are they doing? They're here. <laughs> They're all around. I mean, yeah. that's the shout thing. We had one on the show, yeah. We had to shout out to Bandit, who's on our show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're here. I mean, to me, they are all they were all just Mexican mafia. To okay. Me, you know what I mean? Yeah. They were all, and you know, some of them, I don't think, wanted to be here. <laughs> yeah? You know what I mean? These guys that were just in charge of just watching the drug house. I mean, they're young. 
not right. right. How old? Like no oblinglays. Really? No. Maybe the head guy would speak English. Wow. And they're in a driving in a suburban through Hibbing or whatever with a bunch of meth to go to a house out in the country kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that stuff exists. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they would deliver down in like into South Washington County, you know, with a bunch of balloons in their mouth. Same stuff. You know what I mean? You just have to get the right informant. How much? How much do they do they estimate? Like. I guess, first of all, what is the number one problem drug, would you say, right now? Is it heroin or is it meth? Or opiates, you know, opiates. Is opioids, kinda, you know, opioids. I put opiates with heroin. It's the same. I put, like, yeah, I put, let's, let's just say opiates. It's all. Let's ex- say pills. Let's, okay. say, let's say pills and heroin. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, that is a crisis. And that that was, you know, we're talking five years ago. We were having sit-downs with, um, you know, congressional state reps, state senators, and telling them this is happening here yeah, in the suburbs. This is going to be big. And now it's all over. It's blowing up. It's, you know, it's national epidemic. But, I mean, that was five years ago we were getting dope delivered. Um, so this, you- this Mendoza yeah. guy was arrested and, where is it? Fled. Oh, intent to distribute <laughs> five more five or more kilograms of cocaine, 100 or more kilograms of marijuana. Um, they seized, where is it, over $2 million in assets. Who's they? He. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know I was pro- you know but Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, and including seven vehicles, two motorcycles, more than $187,000 in cash, two residential properties, and $700,000 in jewelry. Yeah, I got to drive the Volkswagen Touareg. Not a bad day in the office. <laughs> the so seeing um, who was with when they found 187 grand in cash. Like I mean, who's around for that? How do they ATF I- counts it? IRS. Okay. Okay. And then and then the U.S. Marshals come in too. The Marshals come in. They they handle all seizure stuff. So like when we seize big things like that, like an airplane and all those cars, they all go down to some auction site or something. You know what I mean? And, and what like, percentage of the cash do you get? <sighs> You know, as a guys. task force, it all gets split up. Yeah, trust me, guys. It, have it, to it grab isn't a like, dude. It isn't like while. training day. Trust me. I mean, that's why I got into it. Right. <laughs> you don't think there's guys who grab a thousand bucks off a pack or yeah, that like happened. A that happened in St. Paul. I mean, that happened to Mark Mark Nealon. I mean, it happened to the sh- like uh, St. Paul. You know, the sheriff of uh, St. Paul. You know, Ramsey County's buddy. Those guys got picked up on a sting for taking ten grand in cash really? out of a hotel room. There's no way, you know. After being on the front page of the newspaper, the last thing I wanted to be on the front page of the newspaper that. again, because that's one thing you have as a cop is your integrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you lie, that's all gone. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have anything anymore. Yeah. Once Absolutely. you lie or steal, it's done, man. What? So let's see. Uh, we were talking about undercover stuff. Basically, we're just to the point where. I want to talk uh, to Kyle Moore. This is great shit. There's so many things we haven't covered. And one of the things we just started to talk about off air is about when you go undercover, one of the things I was going to ask is, um, you know, I was around for the internet era enough where if someone came around, you Googled their name mm. and you try to look to see if something came up. And you were saying, because you were on the front page of the paper as a patrol cop or whatever. Yep, yep. 
And then as soon as you went undercover, all gone. All gone. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. They go in and they scrub it. I wonder if they like interact with the they have whatever. To, they have to interact with probably like the newspapers and go look. You no, guys got it. No, I don't. I think I think it goes right to Google, Google type stuff. Yeah, Google stuff and have it just pulled down. Think so how much power Google has if that's the case. Oh, well, it's probably I like mean, it's worse NSA than you think. Or like, dude, it. Ha- I mean, I don't know how they do it, but it right. was gone. You couldn't find a hint of me on the internet. Google's scary. They're they're like the sneaky. Uh, they're gonna be the whatever the one government will be google eventually what um so you did some sex trafficking undercover work as well yeah i mean how long did you do that or how it's just i mean i did i did a couple of cases i mean okay but you know the one that sticks out to me more of a funnier one Uh is uh you know there's there's guys that do the undercover work and there's you know do, do, does a lot do a lot of the background and like come up with the ideas for the cases you okay know? like you see all this sex trafficking stuff that was busted in the metro yeah here for super bowl right okay well yeah i actually did goes, not see stuff got busted but i'd imagine it's all very yeah, surface area yeah, like it's, not it's it's all over the bca was running some kind of operation i guess and what is BCA? The Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. Okay. It would be like our FBI okay. for the state. That's where all the wires are run out of. Like if we, if we go up on a wire, like on the Jesus Mendoza case uh-huh. or something like that, you know, it goes up on a wire and uh, you're listening in on conversations, which is not as interesting as you might It's not, think. huh? Absolutely not. <laughs> Have you sat in and done that? Yeah, I've sat in there. And, I uh, would love that shit. I'm such a voyeur. I would think it'd yeah, be amazing. Yeah, but it's not, half the time it's not even live. It's like pre-recorded or oh, okay you know it's just Which does like take stuff out captured some of the excitement. and, and, and anything that's not related to the case that they're talking about is not in there or you know i mean it's okay it's, it's how it's supposed to be it's not yeah it's not a broad net that's cast it's right very specific so you can't even listen in if they're talking about the stuff about you want to hear about yeah yeah i want to no, hear about fucking... your domestic life yeah 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 no. <laughs> right you don't even hear it. You you can't even listen. You're not even supposed to listen. So, but yeah, I uh, guy comes up with you know something from the back of you know city pages or back pages or yeah, something, yeah. You know, something on the internet, and uh, you know about a massage place in in Washington County. You know that's supposed to be happy ending and all that stuff. And I'm like, and then it's like we need somebody to do undercover for it. Like I could use a hand job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that, but then, right. I was like, I but then again, I was married at the time, and so yeah. I was like, you could really "No, I don't use a hand job. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to do it." Yeah, um, uh, that's so. <laughs> anyways, everybody's like, "No, right, Kyle, you do it. Kyle, do it. Kyle, do anything." Kyle. Yeah. You know, uh, so I was like, well, I have never done one, so I'm going to do I'll try it. it. And I'll do it. I'm going to go get a massage. Yeah. Yeah, so I go and, you know, set it up, and it's it was right next to Michelle Bachman's office. Really? Yeah, it was out there in those office buildings. And it was two Asian girls answering the door, you know. Uh-huh. You know, it was like a building like that, you know. Right, right. They do the little crack doors. Yeah, they do the crack doors. Yeah, yeah, Come on in. And I'm like, okay. And That's how my wife answers the bedroom door. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> nice. Hey, no. 
Yeah, so I go in and, you know, I get into an argument about who gets the massage, you know, how long, you know, how many, you know, I wanted two girls. Do you go in with a persona with that where it's lower stakes? You know, because this isn't I didn't death give, probably now. No, I didn't give a crap. Okay. Yeah, it's more, more, to be honest with you, it was for the massage. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the right. massage. If the I massage. got, the, if they went for the happy ending at the end, I was like. Nah, you screwed up. String out the massage a little bit more. String out the massage yeah. a little bit more. County's paying for it. But yeah, and, and that's, you know, and they worked me like I was a prisoner in a Viet Cong. <laughs> it was horrible. It was the worst, most painful massage. Well, you I could tell you they, the you could, No, you could tell they didn't want to be there. They're just like, yeah, you know, I, was, I was like, oh my God, and They stop. resent this fucking yeah, white they totally they like, to yeah. Totally, totally. I think they made me. If you think someone got made, I think I was made that time. Because <laughs> <laughs> they tortured me. They literally tortured me for over an hour. And then at the end of it, you know, where you're supposed to be like, is that all? Right. And and plus, I'm, I got a wire in my pants where, like, I got a, a group of guys outside just being like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and they're waiting to laugh at you. They're oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that was just pretty much the end of it, man. I just, I just couldn't ask for the happy ending. I just, I found it too. Unsavory? You know, unsavory for me. Even. Yeah. Ungentlemanly, yeah. yes. As a gentleman. I just, I just couldn't. Uh, that was the end of my acting abilities was right there. Right. I'd be like, honk this tuba, babe. Come on. <laughs> what um, What about, so other sex driving things that our friend of a friend said. So like, what are the awful shit you've heard or seen? Like, I mean, are there things that you've taken from it that have rattled you where you go like, God damn it, this world we the live kids, in. The, the kids. The kids stuff. stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you have informants that, you don't offer, oh, I can get you kids. I can, you know, I can sell you kids. Informants who, who like, really, so, but an informant knows you're a cop. They're, they're on your side, Yeah, yeah, but they're. But they're saying that I can get kids. Yeah, I mean, they're literally saying that. And you're like. And is that hard for you to believe? Like, I mean, how do you react as a guy working it? Like, come on, man, are you can serious? Can I buy kids? Yeah, Maybe from this guy, you know. But yeah, you're like, Ugh. what are the stories you hear? How that really exists? I mean, really, it's still that's uh, that's the Super Bowl stories that were out were thirteen, you know, thirteen and fifteen year olds, but they were talking like my informant was talking about actual like you could buy a kid, kid like a three year old, yeah, like you, yeah, like you could buy it. I mean. We know that exists in some degree, like at least everyone knows it in the abstract. But to think that you live in a world where you know you can put a face with that, maybe, oh, yeah. Yeah. or that. And that's the thing. And it just, you know, some of those meth raids that I did too, where you found kids locked in a room that were, you know, seven, eight years old, totally malnourished, you know, wearing diapers, never been in school in their what whole the life. What the fuck? Really? Yeah. That's common enough? Or, I mean, whatever, yeah. you've seen that a few times? I've seen it a couple times, yeah. Yeah. Or just, you know, at some dope dealer's house where there's no beds for the kids, but there's a Range Rover and in the garage, and the, the other half is all a bunch of uh, Nike Air boxes. Right. <laughs> you know, like that makes you go. How do you not rush in that room just once as a dad? Sorry. Well, that's it, as a dad, too. Yeah. You're just like. 
And you know that, you know, I know for a fact that we were successful in getting those two kids taken away from that that family permanently. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I'd been on many other ones where, you know, it would only be a few days and, they, you know, they'd get their kids back and it's disgusting. How do you, I mean, how do you separate from that? Because, you know, you are out of the uh, force now or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and you know, what brought you to quit? What happened there? Basically what ended up happening is I had started seeing uh, a psychiatrist on my own right after my main incident where I, all of a sudden I didn't start having adrenaline anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just started seeing him. I wanted to keep it out of my professional stuff. Yeah. with it personally. Um, didn't want that stereotype of, oh, you're too weak, you're too this. To, yeah. You know, because it, 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 it is. It, it will affect it. Affect where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. And uh, basically at the end, I knew something was wrong and basically went to three different doctors looking, you know, in a way, doctor shopping for to yeah. tell me, tell me what I want to tell me, that, tell me that I'm yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. No, they're all like, all three of them diagnosed me with post traumatic stress disorder, and basically yeah. from there, I mean, I told my command staff, and you know, that was basically the end of my undercover work. It was basically, uh, for me, it was the end of my career. Um, because that's the end of the career as you wanted it or visualized it. As I visualized it, as I could perform yeah. my my duties as a police officer, period, with the level of uh, anxiety. And, and PTSD is a weird thing, man. It uh, comes and goes, my understanding. Yeah, it's, it's not, and, and it's not like, I was never like an aggressive, or, you know, or, you know, having... Visual flashbacks would be mostly ruminations of those thoughts of should I, could I, would I have done better. overall depression. And yeah, do those things again. Did did them different. Uh, you know, that's how it manifests itself in you. Yeah, that's how it manifests itself in me. Yeah. 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 What did you? Was there a particular moment where it ever affected what you were doing? Where you said, "I got lucky on that one. That nothing happened." And I need to, you know, like, is it amplified now? Like, this is getting serious where I have to quit. Mm, probably at that point where I initiated that traffic stop on that guy that fucking flicked me off or, you know, started okay. that. Yeah, it was towards the end. Really? That was something where that you go, that's out of like, control for me? That's out of control for me. Okay. Where I'm like... Like I was really close to abusing my power there. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, and even there, though, I don't. Even though it's uh, yeah, I don't. You know, was it an abuse of power? I don't. You know, was it legit oh, traffic fuck him stop? In the ass yeah, in the back exactly. <laughs> was it a legit traffic stop? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did I find probable cause for a traffic stop? Yes. Was I on duty? You know. How do they? So. You get brought to a point where you're leaving um, the service that you've uh, given incredible um, amount of yourself to. 
How was it treated in the force from your coworkers, from your whatever? Are you given a hero's goodbye? Is no. it really? That's that's really too bad. It was a silent. Because what no ha- one wants to happened, acknowledge it. What happened to Kyle? He's gone. Really? Don't talk to him. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's, happened. That's uh, incredibly sad. And I can tell you, uh, too, I lost three partners last year to suicide. So it is something that's out there. And you lost three partners to suicide. Three cops I knew from that department yeah. either, you know, had just retired, never dealt with their demons. Men men in their 40s, 50s. 50s, yeah. 50s, yeah. killing 50s, themselves. 40s, yeah. Who have stable homes or whatever. Their wives, married yeah. kids. Yeah. Grandkids. Oh, my God. Are there programs in place to help police no, officers? No, there's no Wounded Warrior Project. No? No, there's not. There's nothing like that. I mean, I'd love to have a freaking service dog or something like that sometimes, you know. You think about that, but it's all set up mostly for uh, uh, combat veterans yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, I think it's the silent uh, thing you don't talk about, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's... it's I, I mean, guys will manifest... I mean, multiple divorces, obviously, you yeah. know... Uh, high rates of alcoholism they they basically you know they don't talk about the suicides they don't talk about that stuff they don't uh i mean they talked about this you know certain aspects of the how the job will eat you up over time i think i burned out faster than most or fast you know, I don't know. So you also no. did a lot more than yeah, most exactly. probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, you know. I mean, you you you've got to understand. Hearing this shit, that you, I know you're holding back. I know there's way more, and it's already insane. So the fact that you even fucking like act like it's, I don't know, but whatever. It's you've seen an incredible amount, and I gotta say, just like we did a military podcast with a guy who did a lot of this kind of stuff. Yeah, and at the end of it, I said. And and I meant it, which is like I've said thanks for your service before, and I've always really thought it's kind of bull. I don't know, it's just what you right, fucking you just, say. You have Didn't to give say a it. fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I gotta say, I don't think people give people know military go through this stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think people know that that police go through this. And I think it is. It's fucking um, like I appreciate it. I think that someone like a man like you who's actually trying to hold back and do the right thing. I think it's fucking super admirable, and I, I really. Um, you know, I don't think people appreciate it like they should, and it's and I I know I don't. So at least for me, you know, like really, uh, thank you. I guess it's a weird way to end a podcast, but really, it's well, thanks. It's it's fucking amazing. I mean, thanks you're for having a, me. Thanks amazing for listening, guy. Guys. Appreciate for it. real. And I hope you come back anytime. Good dude. Thank you very much, Kyle. All right. So. The- I just about fucking knocked myself out with a headphone. Tevin's laughing at me. I pulled it too wide. I thought my head was wider, and I got out of my grip, and it snapped and hit me in the temple. So now i got to go explain this to Mrs. Noah. This black eye, she's going to think the brown bomber, Tevin Pittman's been uh, abusing me. Um, but anyway, uh, that was our episode. Just a... I really uh, think we'll be having him back. If you guys have questions, I know we did not even get to the viewer questions because it was so goddamn long of a of a episode. Two shit breaks for Christ's sake. Um, so thanks for listening. Please share. Good night. <laughs>